This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. I didn't introduce myself earlier. My name is Eugene Dolman and I am part of the leadership team here in Stellenbosch and it's really a great privilege to spend some time with you this morning. See, we are only a handful of, of people, but um, also a special welcome to our guests this morning. Some are from far, some are from, from Stellenbosch, but you are all welcome, and yeah, thank you for coming this morning. May you really be blessed this morning by the Word of God. The title of, of the message is Your Kingdom Come. We also would like to welcome our online um, viewers, people that are streaming in, our student community. You guys are welcome. hope you are enjoying your holidays. Uh, some, of, some of the guys are quite far and uh, passed to see us and his family on holiday. So we are greeting you and we hope that you, that you enjoy the, the message this morning. So the, the title this morning is Your Kingdom Come. And I'm going to start in, in Genesis 3 verse 1. First going to have a bit of an angle and then we're going to come back to, to the kingdom. And he said to the woman, that's the snake speaking, Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And verse 4, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. See, when the, when the devil comes, he comes to question God. He wants to bring doubt in our minds. And the second thing that he, that he comes and, and he does with, with the questioning, this part, and you will be like God. You see, many times... In us, there's this inherent part of us that wants to rule, that wants to be like God. And he was touching those points, and, and we know all what, what the history is of, of what the decision was that, that Eve made and Adam made. But when he comes with those questions, and he puts us in that place of where we can decide about who is the one that rules our life. See, there's many kingdoms, three kingdoms. The one is the kingdom of heaven, and then the kingdom of darkness, but there's also the kingdom of self, where you rule. And you see, many times when, when the kingdom of self reigns, then Satan has got so much access to our lives. And this is exactly what happened when, when they were out in the garden. And you will be like God, knowing good and, and evil. Now we're going to jump to Matthew 4, 4, verse 17, the New King James Version. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
there was some urgency. John the Baptist started with that message, and then Jesus continued with that. He said that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means that there's another kingdom that is at hand, and we've got a choice. Whilst we are still here on earth, we've got a choice to which kingdom are we going to submit to. But the urgency there says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In the New Testament, the key term for repentance is metanoia. It has two usual senses, a change of mind and also regret. So it's when we come to that place where we realize that we were on the wrong track, we were in the wrong kingdom, maybe, maybe in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of self, and we turn everything towards Jesus. You see, a couple of years ago, 2003, I was living a life where self was ruling and self was reigning. And I could never come to Jesus fully. I always had like this dual type of life that I was living. I was addicted to many things. And I felt that when I have to come to God then I'll have to leave everything. So I tried to, to steer this life by my own choices. And also I tried to live this religious life of going to, to church on, on a Sunday and then on a Saturday evening or a Monday, everything goes back to the old way. And I really thought that God wouldn't be that bad that he would judge me for sort of doing what everybody is doing but then in 2003 on the 18th of may encountered the love of god a couple of days ago i went i went jogging and as i was jogging in the in the middle of my of my jog there was these three characters that had these big backpacks i was jogging close to the ocean and there's a lot of um, break-ins and things like that that's happening uh, in, in the place where we go, where we are on holiday at the moment. And I immediately saw these three guys, and I knew that they, they are up to something else. They are probably yeah, not, not up to anything good. But you see, I stopped, and I started to speak to them. You see, I could have come, and I could have just like condemned and spoke my what my mind thought but i stopped and i spoke and i shared the gospel with these three guys you see if we come and we say you shouldn't do this or you judge in this certain manner it might not change them but the gospel is the only thing that can change somebody you see out of my own strength i was i was trying to live like a better life of seeking the kingdom and all of that but there was no power there was nothing that was happening until i surrendered myself until i came to that place where where i repented and i turned to the kingdom of heaven thus repentance leads to conversion and the deeds consistent with repentance are to follow a break with the old and a turning to God. Repent and believe Jesus. Repentance happens 
when we realized that we were doing wrong, understanding the effects of our wrongdoing or our, even our wrong belief, having regret about it and changing our way of doing and believing. In short, it's submitting to the Lordship of God. You see, many times we live and even after we come to salvation, after we come to meet Jesus, we sometimes have the tendency to go back to our old ways, the tendency to go back to self. And this is really a great time of the year to reflect on our lives, to reflect on which kingdom are we pursuing? What is that kingdom that we are running after? It's not only a good time on the 30th of, of December, but it's actually a good thing to, to reflect on every single day. Because we can only change when we understand that we are not on the right track. When we repent, when we turn all our focus and everything on Jesus. Amen? This is good news. It's not bad news. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. A couple of years ago, not so long ago, <laughs> I went to a 30th birthday party. And this 30th birthday party was one of my friends from, from school. And the venue that they chose was this new age type of farm where there's all these flags and dream catchers and in the middle of this whole area is is this temple and in this temple there's like a lot of pictures of some of the gurus and and people that you know, that they worship or that were enlightened according to according to them but when i walked into that temple i immediately experienced a resistance it was as if when I walked into, into that place, there was like a heaviness. There was like a presence that I knew this was not God's peace. But as soon as I stepped out, that presence wasn't, wasn't there. And Delita was also at, at the party, my wife, and um, she also experienced exactly the same. As we entered into that place, there was a different, different reality. The kingdom of darkness is, is very real. Maybe you haven't experienced a, a physical encounter, encounter with a supernatural realm. But Pastor Sias and a team went to India in 2005 or 2004, and they went to a place called Varanasi. Who, have, who of you have heard of Varanasi? Who's been to Varanasi? Okay, nobody. <laughs> it's quite an interesting place. It's, there's the Ganges River that, that comes past um, Varanasi and there, there's 
Hinduism and Buddhist, Buddhism was actually born in Varanasi. It was the place where, where all the gurus and all these people came. So it is almost like a Mecca to the Hindus, this place called Varanasi. And we, we felt that we needed to go there to share the gospel and to, you know, just to share the love of, of God. There's a, a couple of Christians that's really doing good work in Varanasi. They are looking after the orphans and, and the widows. And there's so many um, you know, just people that's living on the street over there. But the spiritual atmosphere in that place is extremely heavy. When you walk into Varanasi, you experience that there's a different rain and a different rule that is in this, in this town. And in any case, so they were walking past this one temple. And as they were walking past, one of the priests, a Hindu guy, asked them in fluent Afrikaans, What What are you doing here? There's no way for him to be able to speak Afrikaans, but that is just a manifestation of the spiritual realm, the realm of darkness that is in that place. So maybe you haven't had a physical experience with with the supernatural, but I can tell you that the supernatural is very real. I've seen many people that that has been delivered from demonic strongholds and just being set free. But Acts 3 verse 19 says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I'm going to read it again. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. There's nothing more refreshing than knowing that your sins has been blotted out and that you are received in the presence of God. Isn't that awesome? That your sins has been wiped out. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of His Son, of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Maybe you are experiencing a heaviness. But I tell you, this morning the Lord wants to come to refresh us. You see, we can go to all these holiday places and go and sit in the sun and go on the ocean and sit next to the pool, but we will never ever be refreshed like when we are refreshed by Jesus, when we spend time with Him. I want to encourage you this. Maybe some of you are not on holiday. Some of you are working. But use this time to be in the presence of God. To dig into His Word. To really spend time with Him. Especially this time of the year. Matthew 6.33 says, But first seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. The question is, whose kingdom are we seeking? I was I was jogging the other day, another jogging story. 
Um, and whilst I was jogging, I was listening to, to a sermon, and I want, I'm going to show you a clip just now, Janae. You can get that clip ready. And while the, the preacher was, <laughs> was talking, and I wasn't jogging close to the ocean, and while I was, while I was jogging, he was talking about, about self, and ourselves sometimes get in the way that we sometimes start to focus more on ourselves than what we are focusing on the kingdom of God. And then he was using this example of the seagulls. If you guys heard our seagull sounds, me, 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 me. Eh? I'm going to show you a clip just now. And I'm thinking, wow, yo, sometimes me gets in the way. Lo and behold, very far from the sea, here comes a seagull. And it's flying all over me. I'm like, ooh, self, self needs to die. <laughs> let's, let's quickly watch this clip um, from Finding Nemo. All right, Gerald, what is it? Fish got your tongue? Love a duck! I gotta find my son, Nemo! <gasps> Nemo? Hey, 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 he's that fish. You know what we've been talking about? The one that's been fighting the whole ocean. Hey, I know where your son is. Huh? Hey, wait, they're coming back! Stop! Keep going! Keep going! He's crazy! I got something to tell ya! Mine. Okay, don't make any sudden moves. Hop inside my mouth if you want to live. Hop in your mouth, huh? And how does that make me live? Mine? Because I can take you to your son. Yeah, well. Right. Oh, I know your son. He's orange. He's got a gimpy fin on one side. That's me! a little bit like uh, Christmas shopping, eh? Mine, mine, mine. Um, I had the privilege of only going to the shops once over this, over this period. Thank you, Delita. <laughs> uh, she went the other times, but yeah. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Maybe this morning there, there are rooms that is in your heart where you have not allowed God to come into that room. Maybe you are still the one that is reigning in that room. And another interesting story about, um, like a metaphor, about this guy that, that was living in this house and then he heard like a strange knock on the door. And he opened the door and the next moment Satan came into his house and he just like ransacked the whole house and he just came in and there was like a big fight. Next moment he leaves and next moment he hears a gentle knock 
and he knows it's a bit of a different knock. So he opens the door, and there's Jesus. And he invites Jesus in, and he tells him about what happened now. And then he said, but Jesus, you can come and live in my house, but I will give you like the nice top room with like the ensuite bathroom, and you can stay in that room. And so Jesus goes upstairs, and next moment he hears that, that knock again. And he thinks, okay, now Jesus is here, so he opens the door. Next moment Satan comes in, and he just like overpowers him, and he breaks everything that is in the house. And the guy is like crying, and next moment Satan goes out, and, and Jesus comes down the stairs, and he says, did you not see what just happened now? And he's like furious with Jesus. And then, and then Jesus says, but you told me I must stay upstairs. That's, that's the room that, that you have prepared for me. Okay, Jesus, you can take like the whole top floor. You can have all of that. And the next moment, he hears that knock again. And it, he's like brave now. So he goes and he opens that door. And Satan comes in again, and it's the whole story again. And Jesus comes down, and he says, But you haven't given me your whole house. You haven't given me the keys of everything. And many times that is how we live. See, when we give everything over to Jesus, when that knock comes, and Jesus opens the door, and Satan looks at Jesus and he checks, uh, I think I've got the wrong address here. <laughs> then he walks off. Because he can't enter when Jesus is in your house. When Jesus is the one that has got total control that is reigning in your house. Isn't that amazing? But sometimes we keep like little rooms for other stuff and we don't want to surrender those rooms and i want to encourage you that this year coming this day today is the day of salvation we don't even have to wait for the 31st because many times we make all these promises to ourselves about things that's going to change and three weeks after the promise you are back on the old ways today is the day of salvation Today is the day that you can change, that you can surrender, that you can turn to Jesus. Maybe you know Jesus, but maybe there are some areas that is in our lives that we haven't surrendered yet to Him. And this morning is a good opportunity to give everything. Maybe you stopped obeying His will because you are occupying that space. Matthew 7 verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. What is the will of our Father in heaven? What is His will? It's actually very easy to love Him with everything. And to love your neighbor as yourself. To obey him. 1 John 2 verse 15 to 17 expands a little bit on this. 
Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. See, we cannot love the world and the Father at the same time. Especially this time of the, the year when we're on a holiday. Is our lives exactly the same as the world? Are we doing exactly the same things as the world? Or do we have pure religion? I'll get there just now. The lust of the flesh, it's only about that seagull, mine, 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 making me feel good. The lust of the eyes, what looks good, and lust, lusting after that. The pride of life, what makes me look good. If we are living with these three sisters, our life may seem well from the outside, but it will be rotten from the inside. You see, the pride of life has got a cycle of keeping you in that place. See, many times when we become too pride, we become scared of what other people might say. And we continue in that way. We're not in that place of being open and seeking God's kingdom first. There are other things that, that is making us feel and look good from the outside what are those things that we are pursuing and the scripture that I read earlier Matthew 5 verse 3 blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven see when you spend time with people that is living on the street you many times see faith because every single meal, every single thing that they receive, they need to ask. They, they don't have the ability or the means to get or go to the shop. They are poor. They are living lives of being expectant, of knowing that they need to receive from, from another source. See, many times if you look at the people that's, that's living in 60% of the world, they don't know where that next meal comes from. But God wants us to be poor in spirit. Meaning that we know how much we need Him. Knowing how much we need Jesus. Knowing how much we need His kingdom in our lives. His kingdom can only come on this side of eternity if He is the King of our life. The King of every area of our life, every room, every corner. We do, do we allow the King to define us or do we allow ourselves with the King of darkness to define us? Maybe you are depressed today. 
Who are you listening to? Are you feeling far from God? Who are you listening to? We are never designed to do this life by ourselves. Before the fall, Satan came and he questioned and so doubt. Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes, and I'm not, I'm not referring to being hypocritical, we are living righteous lives and we are seeking the kingdom of God. And, and then people would say, but you are, it's just too much. You are going for it too much. But God can never be too much. God can never be too much. You can never be te. What's the English word for te? So that our American friend can understand. Too much. <laughs> you see, James 1 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. See, many times people would say, but you know, you're just being religious. You're just being too much. But Scripture says that pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. In their trouble. See, many times we run away when there's trouble. But in their trouble... We can visit them and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. To keep oneself unspotted from the world. Being different, seeking his kingdom first and his righteousness. Pure religion. Luke 17 verse 20 to 21 says, He answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. See, wherever we go, the kingdom is with us. His kingdom is in us. Maybe that's a word for somebody this morning, a word of encouragement, a word that we need to recognize that his kingdom, when we have surrendered to His reign, His kingdom is within us. You see, I was sitting on, on an airport two years ago on my way to a small country in the north of, of India called Bhutan to, to go and do some outreach work over there. We actually stayed in, in an Indian town that was like the border, the border town of, of uh, Bhutan and India. And I, I flew with um, Emirates and we got to, to the main, main airport and we had like a long, or I had like a long overlay. There were some other members that was also um, joining me a day or two after that. And while I, whilst I was sitting there, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning and waiting for, for the next flight, I was just spending some time with God and I was sitting there and I was seeing all these people 
Man, two o'clock, three o'clock, those shops are open, the people are swarming, they are running, they are just like everywhere. It, it looks like the day before Christmas when people go for their last Christmas shopping. Um, and, and the people are swarming and they are like everybody is like going in their own direction. And then I go to the, the boarding gate and I'm like really, really early for, for the next flight. And I'm sitting there and trying to keep my eyes open, spending time with God. And whilst I'm sitting there, the next thought came to my mind. You see, they've got border control there at every airport if you, if you fly international. And there they check your passport. They check if you've got the right visa and if you've got all your documents. They check what is your citizenship. Now, as, as I was pondering on, on that, I realized that my citizenship is in a different place. My citizenship is in the kingdom of God. And then it really struck me. Like all these people that's walking around and going this way and that way, where's their citizenship? Where's their citizenship? Is their citizenship in the kingdom of heaven or in self in darkness? See, there's a world out there and also in Stellenbosch that need to hear the gospel. Amen? Thank you, Constance. One Corinthians four verse twenty says, "The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power." Matthew ten, verse seven to eight says, "And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead." Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. See, when we, when we read this, this scripture, we are many times confronted with the kingdom of heaven. See, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it tells us that we can go out and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. And freely give. Three Sundays ago, Mariette Loopsje came to preach at the Afrikaans service. We were only a handful of, of people that, that attended that service. But her message was so powerful. In a nutshell, basically what she, what she said was that each one of us, we are like a host pipe. And she said, there can only... Water can only come out of that hose pipe if it is plugged in to the source. And then she said that we've got the opportunity of being plugged into God, into His Holy Spirit. And once we are plugged into Him, the water that flows through us will be living water. It will water wherever we go. 
It will plant seeds. It will, it will bring the kingdom in those areas where we go. But where are we plugged in? What is the source that we are plugged in? You see, when we are plugged in to Him as our source, we don't have to worry about being a good hosepipe or a young hosepipe or an old hosepipe or uh, now a whole hosepipe. Have you seen those hosepipes? We were just building now and um, my hosepipes are really, they are at the end of their life. The water just like comes out everywhere. But that's good. If we are plugged into Jesus, it doesn't matter. Sometimes we want to train that hosepipe and we want to say, okay, no, the hosepipe needs this and needs to be like that. But it's not about the hosepipe. That's actually the whole purpose of, of a sermon was it's not about the hosepipe. It's about being plugged in. And as we are plugged in, God can come through us. He can work through us. And His kingdom can come wherever we are. Well, scripture says that the kingdom is in us. Wherever we go, we can go and preach the gospel. We can ask, how many, a tough one, how many people have we seen raised from, from the dead? How many people have I seen, you seen, that was healed from a sickness? And then we think and we, we stop for a little while. And then the, before we answer that question, we must first answer this question. How many times have we actually gone? How many times have we actually had the boldness to actually go into that hospital? To go into that place where there's water needed? Smith Wigglesworth raised many people. The Lord raised many people through his life. And they, one day they asked him, but yo, isn't it, how amazing is it that people are raised from, from the dead when you pray for them? And then he said, you know how many people was not raised when I was praying? But he had the boldness to go out. He had the boldness to, to go and pray. And I want to encourage each one of us here, first seek his kingdom, first seek his righteousness, and these other things will follow. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.